0: Today's episode of the Mighty Parenting Podcast is sponsored by IBMe.com. We know that mindfulness practices support healing and good mental health in our teens and in ourselves. IBMe knows this, and they have been teaching teens mindfulness and meditation practices for years. And then last year, when COVID struck, they moved their practices online to keep supporting our teens. They're continuing online training retreats and programs, things like their monthly Rainbow Family LGBTQIA community meditations, weekly communities of color meditations, weekly live meditations, equity and interdependence community conversations, and more. Just go to ibme.com and check the calendar for the latest scheduling. And while you're on there, be sure to check out their summer retreat schedule. They're going to have both online and in-person retreats this summer, including a retreat for communities of color and their first LBGTQIA retreat. Just go to ibme.com and check the calendar. Today's show is brought to you by Omeo. Omeo is a travel booking platform that makes planning a journey in Europe and North America easy. Just enter your travel details and Omeo will give you all the train, bus, flight, and ferry options for your journey, making it incredibly easy to compare options and book your vacation, and letting Omeo save you time and money. I know I'm looking forward to using it to compare different ways of reaching the same destination on my next vacation. Are you ready to get out and travel? Omeo wants to help by offering 5% off your next booking. Just head over to omeo.com, O-M-I-O.com, and use the code Listener 5 all in caps and the number 5, when you check out. The code's valid until June 30th for new users on all modes of transport at Omeo, where you can plan, book, and love your journey. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Welcome to Mighty Parenting, a podcast with real, raw, and relevant talk about raising teens and parenting young adults.
0: Welcome to Mighty Parenting, a community where we help you raise teens and parent 20-somethings so they can become happy, successful, and emotionally healthy adults. I'm Sandy Fowler, stress relief coach and host of the Mighty Parenting podcast, and just want to give you a quick reminder to pop over to MightyParenting.com and grab your free email series on how to talk to your teen. All right, we are here, Mighty Parents, because we love our kids. We want to be good parents. We want them to be happy. We want to have a good relationship with them. And oftentimes we'll feel like, hey, you know, this is good and I really know them well and and we're great. But what happens and what do we do if we find out that maybe we didn't know our child as well as we thought? What happens if we discover the daughter we thought we had is really a son or the son is a daughter? This is what Parya Hasuri has experienced when she discovered she had a transgender daughter. Paria is a pediatrician, a mother of three, an activist, and the author of Found in Transition, a mother's evolution during her child's gender change. And she's joining us today to share a bit about her journey, as well as to help us understand things that we can do in our parenting that will help us if our child runs into a situation where there's something that they need to come to us about, about their gender, their sexuality, or anything else. And also how we can support others who might be going through this because we don't know. We could find ourselves in her shoes and we want to be able to support our kids and we want to be able to create a community of support for ourselves and other parents. So Aria, welcome to Mighty Parenting.
1: Uh, Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: I know I said this privately as we were chatting before we started, but I really want to say on air that I've been really honored to read your story. I think that you, Ava, your whole family, I think you've done something really beautiful with this book. You shared your, your deepest thoughts. You shared the things that you didn't want to be thinking. You were just utterly honest in it and i think it's brave and it's beautiful for you and your family to be willing to put this out there to help other people so i just want to thank you for doing that
1: um thank you i think you know when i was writing this you know when my when my daughter came out i was completely devastated and and i went from, from complete devastation to you know, to the other side of being not just an activist, but just so proud of her and having a better relationship with her and um, feeling like my life was actually improved and enhanced by going through this experience with her. And I felt like the only way to show um, that you can go from sort of devastation to where I am today is to be completely honest about you know all the terrible thoughts I had that I um, you know, was ashamed to really, you know admit to to anyone. but I, I wanted other parents who are in my situation where they might feel completely devastated and blindsided and um, and shocked and lost um, to really see the full arc of what you can go through wh- when this happens. So thank you.
0: And another little caveat, as we started, I I am learning about using various gender pronouns and um, and handling those situations for speaking to families mm-hmm. or people who are transgender. And so I'm asking you if I if I make a mistake in it today, if you would just let me know because that helps me learn, and it's also going to help any of our other mighty parents who might be learning how to navigate that road because for many of us it's just something we haven't experienced
1: um yes absolutely and i think you know that willingness to be open to um to learning and being okay with making mistakes is is much better than you know the just avoiding uh talking about it or the the topic you know, altogether because you know we're afraid of saying the wrong thing so I definitely appreciate that.
0: And after listening to you here, I think I actually would like to start at the end and then go back to the beginning. Mm -hmm. What has, going through everything that you and your whole family went through, what has this experience done for your relationship with Ava?
1: Well, we have a much better relationship now than we did before, you know, my, so Ava came out at 13 and a half. And before she came out, I had no idea that she has any sort of gender identity issue whatsoever. You know, she never, um, did anything that would make us think that she might be a girl and not be a boy. Um, you know, none of sort of the stereotypical things one would associate with a female gender identity. Um, but she was also, um, while she didn't have any of those things, she was sort of always in her room and very closed off. And um, we just didn't have a great relationship in terms of she was oftentimes depressed and we couldn't figure out why she was depressed. Um, And really, I had been very frustrated with trying to, you know, figure her out. Um, And since she's come out and been able to really be herself and live as her true, authentic self, she is a much happier person. She's out of her room a lot more. Um, you know, we have a lot better conversations. She's not, you know, depressed. I mean, it's just—it's a completely different relationship because she is now her authentic self, and she's and she's happy, and um, and so we've just become much closer um, as a result of that. In the book,
0: you had talked about Ava's episodes of depression and incidents that happened at school in those first 13 years. Mm-hmm. And in there, you shared that you were just, you were tired. And at one point you even admitted, you're like, I'm tired of being, well, at that point it was his, but you know, I'm tired of parenting through this. And I want to talk about that a little bit because I've heard that from other parents. And when we are dealing with mental health issues and social issues with our kids, I hear that often. And I I also, when I hear it from parents, I oftentimes hear shame with it. And I think part of that is because they think they're the only ones who feel that way, that this is not a normal feeling or that it's not okay to have that feeling. So could you tell us a little bit about that time in your life when you were just kind of worn down from the repeated depressions and situations that you were dealing with?
1: Yeah. I mean, it felt like I was always waiting for that next phone call from School or the counselor at school or somebody, you know, to say, you know, there there's something you know going on. You know, she w- said something in class. Or and and by the way, when I talk about her um, past, as I you know reference in the book too, um, I always use she her pronouns, even when I'm talking about times when you know she was still presenting ma- male, um, and that's really um, just to sort of honor who she has really always been on the inside, I think, even before, you know, she knew it. So sometimes that might be a little bit confusing for for the audience. But, um, you know, I think people after after a while, people will get used used to it. But, um, you know, I was always sort of waiting for that next phone call from school, like it wouldn't be a surprise when I was at work, and my phone would ring, and it was a teacher to say, okay, this happened. And, you know, she got upset again, and we don't know why, you know, she got upset. And then, you know, th- things would happen. And that would, you know, trigger taking her to see another, you know, therapist, and we'd go to a therapist, and she would just sit there with her arms crossed and and not talk. Um, and nobody could figure out what was going on. And after a few sessions of that, we'd say, okay, well, this is, you know, pointless. <laughs> and, and we, would you know, we would not take her and, anymore. And then, you know, we would keep having conversation about at home about like, you know, what's, what's going on um, with you. And there was seemingly no reason for um, her to be, you know, depressed. I mean, she came from a stable, loving home. Um, We, um, you know, there was not, you know, we would, I would ask her, sometimes I would suspect maybe she's being bullied. So I would ask her, you know, is is somebody bullying you? Is somebody hurting you? Is there something going on? I don't know anything about. And it was always no, no, no. And it it really just got, it, it was exhausting. It was tiring trying to figure out what is going on with this child and why is this child unhappy? And why can't I, you know, help this child? And, you know, really, I I do want to say it wasn't that she knew that she was transgender and that she wasn't telling us at that point. Um, she didn't know it at that point herself yet, you know, either. It just that she had a hard time making friends and fitting in and something wasn't right but she really didn't know it and couldn't articulate it you know either at the, at that point um so i mean this is this is exhausting uh you know and it's not just you know and uh, you know when a child has any sort of mental health um, issue, you know, the parents take that on themselves, obviously, um, and and it's very exhausting for parents. I mean, when when children have a chronic illness, that's exhausting for parents. And I think it's okay to say I'm exhausted and I, and I'm tired. And you know, my husband and I would always kind of say about her that we just need to get her to 18 and um, and get her out, kind of thing. And you know, my mom would. Um, like say, Oh, you just wait. You think you're not going to worry about her. Like after she turns, you know, 18 um, you're going to worry about her for the rest of your life. And I would, and I would say, yeah, I understand. But like my main responsibility is to get her to 18, (laughs) you know? So um, yeah. Well, and we, I think we all, every
0: mom I've talked to about this (laughs) has even without issues and problems, there's just a little bit of this sense of, okay, I, I can last until they get out of the house. Just the years and years of not just the parenting, but the physical taking care of things and being the keeper. My, Judy always calls it the keeper of the box, my friend, Judy, I, you know, being the, the household manager, the family manager. There's just so much going on. I was doing this the other day myself. I was like, wow, I've been the one dealing with food in this house for almost 30 years, 30 years of thinking about what we're going to eat every day that nobody should have to do this, you know? Yes. And that's just a mundane everyday issue. That's, that's not even something that is taxing like a disability, a chronic illness, a mental health issue. Those carry their own weight. And in, in that situation, you said, you know, a parent takes that on because, We have a responsibility there, and yet there's this this strange situation where we have responsibility without authority because we can't change somebody else. So like we're responsible for finding the right therapist for our daughter, and yet if she won't talk to the therapist, there's nothing we can do about that. Right. And I think that just, I think that leaves us in in a tough spot. So now that Ava has transitioned, is she still experiencing these issues? Are you still waiting for the phone to ring or going, oh, I won't be surprised if the phone rings?
1: Um, not really. I mean, she is so, so much better than she, um, than she was before. Uh, you know, obviously being transgender is still... Um, it's difficult. It, you you know that you you are dealing with things that other cisgender people are not dealing with. So there's going to be a certain degree to which um, she's going to have more challenges always. Um, but I think she is, I would say, like eighty percent better if I, if I had to you know quantify it. I mean, mm-hmm. she is she is much. Better now than she um, than she ever was before, and much happier now than she ever was before. And um, you know, I I expect that you know I'll get phone calls from her, maybe or about her. That will sort of be more more the regular what what most other parents experience. But I used to. There was a point where I was like in fear of that next phone call. of of getting a phone call in which she, you know, hurt herself or did something. Um, And I'm not in, I'm not in fear of, of that anymore.
0: And I just really quickly want to clarify. So transgender and correct me if I'm wrong here, Paria, transgender is when someone does not feel like they are the gender that matches their physiological body and cisgender is someone who does feel like they match the, the biological body that they have. Is that correct?
1: That That's correct. So transgender means your gender identity doesn't match with the one that was given to you at birth based on your genitals. Um, and cisgender means that your gender identity does match the gender that was given to you based Um, on your um, genitals at birth. Correct. Okay. (laughs) And this is, this is a separate
0: thing from our sexual attraction. This is not about being bi or gay or, or, or pansexual or any of that. This is a completely different situation to deal with
1: right this is uh, right so sexual orientation is about who you are attracted to versus uh gender identity is about who you actually are and how you identify as a person yourself and so um you know you can be transgender and um and gay bisexual pansexual or straight <laughs> just like um a cisgender person can be and
0: i'm just thinking about this and i was talking to my daughter. It was We were talking about your book the other day, and we were just trying to think about what it would be like to not feel right in your body, to not be comfortable. And and I think that most women have a little tiny inkling of this just in the, oh, I don't like something about my body thing. But to actually feel like you have the wrong body, that you are not this person, and we couldn't even really wrap our heads around it other than to say it has to be incredibly painful.
1: Yeah, uh, I think it's really something um, none of us can imagine. Um Sort of parallel to that, the other thing I sometimes um, think about, you know, now that this has happened with my daughter is, you know, I can't imagine what it would be like to move through the world and have somebody, for example, think that I'm a man and not a woman. I mean, I've never been misgendered in my life. And so, you know, pre-transition, obviously you're being misgendered the whole time uh but then for a lot of people even post transition to sort of walk through but then sometimes be misgendered or have to worry about you know if i wear this or that you know for example you know my you know i can wear a dress or i can wear jeans and a t-shirt and no makeup and you know run out the door and never have to worry about, well, if I dress like this, somebody might think I'm a man or a boy versus, you know, for my daughter, depending on how she dresses, she might get misgendered, you know, even, you know, after having transitioned and, and, and being on hormones. And so I just can't even imagine what's that, what that's like to sort of daily have to either present myself in a way that it decreases my chance of getting misgendered or, or just come to terms with, you know, sometimes I'm going to get misgendered.
0: Well, and that makes sense that this is why there is such a high rate of mental health issues in our transgender youth and a much higher suicide rate, both in, in as far as gender and sexuality go, but just Mm -hmm. any of our kids who just don't feel like they fit in that way. And so as a parent, and and as a physician, right, because you, you see a lot of different things in your practice. Mm -hmm. As a parent, as a physician, what do you see that, that our kids need from us?
1: Well, we know there's many studies that have shown um, that trans and gender diverse teens have three times the risk of suicide compared to cisgender teens, but that if they are supported by their family, their risk of suicide goes down to the same as cisgender teens. So basically, if if as a family, you support your gender diverse child, <laughs> Um, their risk of suicide is the same as other teens. I mean that is huge. So, but you, so number one, they need family support more than anything else. Um, and so, family support comes in terms of you know accepting them when accepting them when they tell us who they are and and listening to them, um, supporting them, providing them what they need, um, standing up for them. To anybody else on the outside who um, may not be comfortable with who they are, or any other, you know, family members or friends, or you know, who who doesn't support them, uh, being an advocate for them at school and in their community, um, you know, doing what you would do for any other child, making your child and uh, your priority, you know, and doing whatever you need to do to make sure that your child is thriving, which is what, you know, what you would do for any child. Um, so really just supporting them, believing them, listening to them, um, are more important than anything else.
0: I had the same thought when you were listing those things off. I'm like, okay, so these are the things that we want to do as good parents for our kids in general. And when it comes to and gender identity issues, parents have a hard time with it. So for a parent who's, who's listening, maybe they think that there might be a gender identity issue for their child and they, they have issues with the idea of transgender or they're just going through you know, the disbelief or the grief. What advice do you have for them?
1: Yeah, you know, there's a lot I could say um, on this specific topic. Um, so I want to try to make sure I hit all my points. You know, one is that, you know, I'm part of the reason why I had such a hard time believing my daughter is that sort of the media has told us that all transgender um, you know, kids and teens that they would have signs and present when they're younger, when they're three, four five, seven, you know, years old. So when we have, you know, a child that comes out as a teenager or as an 18 year old or as a 22 year old or as a 25 year old, you know, which is happening a lot right now, um, then and and we are blindsided by it. We we think that it's not it's not possible and and we don't believe them. So one thing is really to you know and part of a big reason of why I wanted to write my book is to spread the awareness that about fifty percent or more of um, transgender people. Um, don't come to a full realization about their gender identity until they start puberty or later so know that yes it's possible that your child just came out to you at 16 or 22 and that there weren't signs when they were younger and that you didn't know and and, and you know believe them so sort of i think changing this narrative and becoming more aware, that's going to help. Um, The other thing that was really instrumental for me was to surround myself with a community of other parents who were in the same situation as me. And so I joined a support group for families with um, with kids and young adults um, that were transgender. And I mean, that is really what made the biggest difference to me. Before this, I didn't have any trans people in my community, and I didn't know any other parents of uh, of trans kids, um, and so support yourself with a community who can, uh, who knows exactly what you're going through and has walked this path before you and can help you, um, you know, with that. And then the the other I think key component and the reason we. You know, some of us, me, for example, <laughs> are so devastated when our kids, you know, come out as trans is, you know, one was it made me question my own identity, like how as a mother and a pediatrician, but really as a mother, did I not know something so fundamental about my child? And I had to realize, you know, it's it's really not about me and my identity. So I just needed to let that go. Um, and and the other thing is that it was because I had, you know, a lot of fear about what her future would would be like as a, as a transgender person. You know, I want my child to have uh, limitless uh, possibilities for her future, um, to not, you know, be in any way limited in what sort of job she can have or what kind of education she can get or Um, what kind of family or partner she can have or or any of those things. And I was just so afraid that this was something that was going to limit her. And the way to not, and you really have to sort of push that fear out that your child's going to be limited by this and instead be optimistic and hopeful for them. I mean, how can they be optimistic for themselves if you as their parent aren't optimistic for them and are replying, you know, with, with fear. Um, and so it's really about, you know, I had to look for um, examples of trans people in the media who are doing incredible things and living full lives. And fortunately in the last couple of years, we're seeing more and more of that. We really weren't seeing that yet when my daughter came out. Um, and I had to get to know other trans adults who are le- living full, incredible lives so that I would feel assured that my child can do that and will do that as well.
0: You talked about fear in the book, and I've talked about fear on the podcast before because I think as parents, our fear is what leads us to do things that maybe we wish we didn't do or jump in when we shouldn't and take things over for our kids so they don't grow the way they need to. They don't gain the skills they need. Fear causes us to do a lot of things. But you, in the book, you said that at one point, um, what if you stopped parenting, uh, What if you stopped projecting fear into the future and just took care of your child's immediate needs based on love? And I loved that because yes, it applies here. And I think it spans so many parenting situations, pretty much everything, right? Having fear for our kid's future doesn't help them or us.
1: Right, right. And it's really about rather than projecting into the future it's about being in the present and looking at the child in front of you that day and saying what does this child in front of me need from me today because if you can't meet your child's needs today i mean they may not have a future you really you need to meet their needs you know uh on a day by day basis um based on based on love and i think most of fear based parenting um is fear based on sort of what's going on in the outside world um, rather than what's actually going on in your own, you know, head and in your own heart. And so I kind of, you know, took that approach of what, what if there was no fear and hate in the outside world, Would I parent her differently and feel differently about, you know, what's going on. And, and the answer was a clear resounding. Yes.
0: So as you, lived this journey over years (laughs) what Mm -hmm. what are the top lessons that you have learned from it that you would like to share
1: yeah i mean i think we've touched on um a lot of it um really the top lessons would be to not be a pessimist for your child and to be an optimist for your child Um, they need their home to be a loving open optimistic space um, and not where, not like a battleground between them and their parents, um, to know that there isn't one way to, you know, be trans or transition, uh, that gender identity can emerge at different times and look different for different people, and it can evolve, um, and there really just isn't one way to do gender. Um, and I think, you know, the, this idea of um parenting based on love instead of fear. And for myself, I would say, the main lesson I learned is, um, you know, don't underestimate your capacity to evolve along with your child. Um, if you open your mind and, and heart.
0: And I wanted to add actually one more thought there, because as parents, we tend to rely on professionals. We rely on doctors and teachers and school counselors to help us, to help us see issues that our children might be experiencing, to help walk us through those issues. And yet those people, while they are professionals, are not given education in um, identity issues. Correct? Correct.
1: Uh, correct really we haven't been and i'm hoping that this will will change but there really hasn't been enough training on gender identity in children and teens um for you know, for for anyone, Um, when I went to, I mean, I went to medical school and residency back in the late 90s and early 2000s, and I didn't learn anything about gender identity then. Um, But even, even Kids, you know, uh, or young people right now in medical school and pediatric residency and internal medicine residency are not really in, in many, many programs are not really learning about, um, you know, gender identity and transgender uh, health care. Um, we're not teaching teachers and school counselors and um, many therapists and, you know, other people who work, you know, with young people. Um, about gender identity and the way it presents and how it, how it evolves. So really, um, it's, uh, it's really something that everybody needs to learn more and be um, educated about um, better. And, um, and we really need to um, include it sort of in the curriculum of, of everyone who's, who's working with youth.
0: Yeah, because these are serious issues you said she experienced years of depression and problems come up because she didn't know either and she right. she could have used some help getting through that and yet none of the adults around her were educated so how would they know how would they know to look for this or or what the issues might be so right. there was a TED talk I heard I listened to a number of years ago it was it was limited to just the physiology of our um, chromosomes and the way that plays out in our bodies. And we were all taught there's an X chromosome and a Y chromosome, and it is not the way that that works. So I'll see if I can find that. And I'll link that in the show notes, as well as we had a show recently, which is as we said, it's a, a different topic, but still some ideas and important issues in there uh, with John Sovek, where we did an LGBTQ episode. So I'll link that in the show notes too, because I think that can be helpful. I know in your situation, you know, Ava first expressed to you that she thought that she was bisexual because she didn't right. didn't know at the time or wasn't ready to say that she was transgender
1: yeah yeah i think she didn't know at the time um she it was when she was just starting to figure out that something isn't right you know or not not isn't right but something doesn't fit and so her initial um, thought was, okay, it must be about my sexuality, and um, and then later realized that it was really about her gender. And that's actually a, a very, very common way to present is is for um for teens to initially question their whether it's a sexuality issue and then um and then realize that it's really about gender.
0: Well, Paria, I again I appreciate your your honesty, your totally open book explanation, letting us all into your, your lives, your family's lives, so that we can learn and grow. For anyone who wants to learn more or connect with you, where can they find you online?
1: Um, they can go to my website, which is pariahasuri.com. I am on Instagram at um, l a paria. I'm on Twitter at at Pariahasuri. Um, Those are all also linked on my website. So um, any of those places, I on um, uh, you know they can uh, DM me or write me an email through my website or and and see other articles I've written on this topic as well.
0: And we will have the website linked in the show notes as well. So thank you again for joining us today, Paria.
1: Thank you so much for having me for this really important conversation. I appreciate it.
0: And Mighty Parents, thank you for being here. And remember... When we are going through things as our kids are going through the teen years and trying to understand who they are and how they fit in the world, mindfulness practices will be incredibly helpful for them to move through those thoughts and also to manage or negate anxiety and some of the other issues that teens run into. So check out the Inward Bound Mindfulness Education Retreats. The time is running short. They're coming up super fast. So just go to ibme.com and get the details on that. And remember, if you're here, if you're listening, you are a mighty parent. You got this. And I will see you next week.